What is up, Faithfully Fit family? Welcome back to our Faithfully Fit podcast. Um, Really exciting one today. Uh, No guests this time, but uh, just an opportunity to talk about something that is really on my heart that I'm really passionate about, actually. Um, Today is June the 21st. It's Father's Day, so pretty cool day, actually. I I enjoy Father's Day. I enjoy it. um, uh, My kiddos, I have a couple of really thoughtful kiddos, and so the way in which they show their appreciation on Father's Day especially is always so cool, and it's always kind of really individual and personal to them. Um, Garrett got me a Baylor baseball shirt. You know, love Baylor, um, love Baylor baseball, and, and so he got me a Baylor baseball shirt. Um, Abby has gotten me something with Captain America. Um, I don't know if it's in yet or not. I don't know, but she keeps asking me if I want to watch Captain America. So maybe she just wants to spend that time. Uh, our show is is uh, The Mandalorian. Love The Mandalorian, and uh, that's kind of been our thing. And so it kind of killed me that they only had, like, what, eight episodes. Um, but so she wants to watch The Mandalorian. So when I finish this, I'm going to go inside, and, and we're going to sit down and watch a couple episodes of Mandalorian, um, which is just so much fun. And if you ever hear my daughter say Mandalorian, uh, it's just the cutest thing of all time. But um, uh, but it was, it was interesting. So so you know we had our online services today. Um, we we are still not meeting in person. Next week is actually the first week that we're going to start slowly meeting in person. Um, not slowly meeting, but we're slowly phasing back in meeting in person at the church. Um, and and we you know, we just we just kind of wanted to be smart about that. We wanted to kind of see how things were going to play out. Um, and, and so that's been really good. Been nice to do that. But uh, so my wife and kids were at a friend's house. That's where they go to watch the online service. And uh, so then I went and picked up lunch for Father's Day and came home. And I beat him home. I called Tiffany. She's like, oh, yeah, we're on our way. So um, I was outside when I called her. And so then I did the most dad thing of all time on Father's Day. I stood outside in my church clothes, you know, jeans and a, a collared shirt. I, I don't go too nuts. Um, honestly, there's, there's going to come a day when it's just uh, jeans and a T-shirt and then a T-shirt and shorts. And um, that's, that's kind of the way I, I, I'm trending. And, and you all know me. I want to, for me, church is, is accessible. Church is something that is, is, is worshipful regardless of the surroundings. Um, anyway, I digress into my, my choice of clothing, but I'm sitting out there in my front yard and, and I've had this weed that has, I, I've slowly been trying to get rid of, but it kind of keeps popping up on me. And so I go and, and I, I, I'm out there. So it's Father's Day. It's 1230 and I'm out there pulling weeds in my front yard in my church clothes. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'm getting really good, man. I'm starting to pull these weeds out by the root. And I, you know, when you get one of those roots, it's about six inches long. Yeah, you just feel so accomplished. You're just so excited. Um, so most, most dad thing of all time, I guess maybe most middle-aged dad thing of all time. I don't know. Uh, but Father's Day is always an interesting day because it always feels like one of those days that there's supposed to be something really big going on. And there's usually not anything really going on because most dads are just like, ah, okay, it's Father's Day. I just want to, I want to take a nap. I want to sit on my couch. <laughs> uh, and I understand that, you know, usually the College World Series is going on during Father's Day. That's always a really fun time. Um, but obviously with no College World Series, uh, now luckily they didn't cancel Father's Day, thank goodness. But um, uh, still get that opportunity. I'm probably going to go, you know, I'm going to watch Mandalorian, my daughter, go play uh play baseball a little bit with my son, getting ready for his game tomorrow. But um, like I said, uh, before I got off onto yet another tangent, um, you know, Father's Day is one of those days that I'm, theologically, I'm quite passionate about. Um, and I know that sounds weird to be talking about theologically about Father's Day, but here, here's, here's what I mean. Father's Day is an incredibly difficult day to preach a sermon because um, we call God Father, right? Okay, this is this is this is where, where we're coming from. We call God Father. Uh, we say that He is um, the Heavenly Father. Uh, however you phrase it, however you word it. Here's the problem with that, though. Um, not with that, but here's the problem with most people's thinking: is that we talk about that, 
And, and so we run into some issues because a lot of people do not have positive experiences with their fathers. Um, whether it, it, however it looks, whatever the, a, a not positive experience with your father looks. And so what happens is we take that and we actually transition that and, and we put that on God. And, and so the father relationship that we talk about with God, well, someone doesn't have a positive father relationship. And so now all of a sudden um, they view God in the same sense that they viewed their father in. Um, because they both have the same title. And, and it's really interesting. This is a really interesting topic because so often you will receive pushback on a Father's Day sermon um, because of that very topic. Well, I, I, I just have a hard time. I have a hard time seeing God as Father because my relationship with my father wasn't good. I, I'm not saying that about my dad, but sorry, air quotes. You can't see air quotes on a podcast, though, so we'll probably have to work on that. Um, but... Uh, that, that I've had that said to me before. And I, and I understand. I, I completely understand. Um, and and I just wanted to dive in just a little bit as, as we kind of look at this and look at the reasonings for some of this. Look at the reasonings for why do we say, um, why do we call God Father? Why do we, why do we look at it this way? Because um, obviously it's not like he's a, um, it's not like he's a birth father. Uh, that, that's not, you know, that's not the, the, the issue. Um, so why is it that we call him Father? Why do we refer to him as such? Um, and, and, and we see it, the deal is we see it a ton in scripture, right? Um, you, you can go and, and you can just do a word search for father, um, and you're going to find a ton of them. Um, it's interesting that the, the, the old Testament and the new Testament take a different route to get there. A lot of times, um, you know, the old Testament, especially they're speaking directly to God or directly about God. Clearly, you know, in the Old Testament, they didn't have the concept of, of Jesus. Uh, they had the concept of Messiah, but they didn't have the concept of Jesus in the way that that would all play out and function. Um, you know, they, uh, in, in the Old Testament, they very much viewed um, the coming Messiah as a Davidic figure, like, you know, King David uh, was going to come. King David was the warrior king, and he was the one that defeated all their enemies, set up this peaceful kingdom. And then you had Solomon, his son, who ruled over the largest uh, kingdom in Israel's history um, and, and most prosperous in, in Israel's history. Um, uh, and, and then, you know, he had some shortcomings, um, clearly, and, and, and so uh, that kind of got, some of those issues got passed on to his son, and, and then it splits, and the history of Israel, you know, you may be listening for that, you may not, I don't, I don't know, but I don't want to run anybody off with going too long into history. Um, but, so, so when they talk of to God, and they talk about God, um, um, there, there's not this, we'll call it intermediary, just for lack of a better term. And so when we talk about this, we, we look at, um, we can see things like, like Isaiah 64, 8. It says, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Kind of talking about the fact that God in father, in the sense that he formed us and he shaped us and he created us. Um, and, 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 and so, um, you know, we, we see that with Isaiah in, in Malachi, Malachi 2.10. Um, have we not all one father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers? Um, Malachi is a pretty interesting book. I, I, I took Hebrew on it, and it's a conversation, for most of it, is a conversation between God and between the people and the priests. Um, and, 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 and so, you know, we see this, I mean, referring to, to God as father, you know, talk about, have we not all one father and God as father? Um, you know, and, and, and so it, it's, it, it, it's quite interesting. I mean, Psalm 107.3, or not 107.3, 103, Psalm 103 is, is a, uh, another pretty cool instance where it's a much longer instance of this because, so Psalm 103, um, is one where, where, 
David, um, a psalm of David. David is is he's, he's praising. I mean, praising praising the Lord. Um, you know, verse one says, "Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise His holy name." You know, that's a if you're familiar with Christian music. I mean, that's a song. I mean, praise the Lord, O my soul. Anyway, um, and and so I mean, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. He goes on. I mean, this is a whole psalm just to praise, just talking about how great God is. Um, he is compassionate. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in love. That's in verse 8, if that sounds familiar. Um, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquity. So, so you see, we're setting up this, this, this really amazing relationship of God, this, this relationship of, of this wonderful creator, this wonderful father. Um, and, and so in verse 13, David says this, he says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, and he remembers that we are dust. Um, and, and so so now he is he's juxtaposing um, the concept of, of a father and, and of God. And so as, as a father has compassion on his children, you know, you would, you would see that in the Old Testament, or I mean, excuse me, the New Testament, where Jesus talks about um, that, that you, you know, that, that God, you know, would, would a father give his son a snake? Um, and, and so if you as earthly fathers know how to give your sons good gift, how much better does, does your heavenly father know how to give good gifts? Um, and, and, and so, but as we, as we move over into the New Testament, we see a lot more as it goes through Jesus. Um, uh, you know, we, we look at, 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 Second Corinthians, um, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. Lots of, okay, comfort is said lots of time in Second Corinthians 1, and, and so I know that gets a little confusing because it, it's almost like comfort keeps drawing you, and it's almost like it jars you, and it erases your memory of, of what was said before it. I, I do that all the time. Um, but that's the thing is, is that we see this, that, that we say, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, but then we move over. So, so obviously the Father of, of Christ, but then we move over. He says the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction. We start to see this, that what's actually happening is they're actually, the, the New Testament is crafting this concept of God in the Old Testament too. Excuse me, I'm not trying to separate the two. But they're crafting the concept of God that fatherhood is not based in the earthly fatherhood and then put on God, that it's the other way around. That that so often I think we do this in, in Christianity, and I, I just want to say faith in general. I, I'm, I'm not an expert in the other faiths. I have some understanding, but I'm not an expert, so I don't want to sit here and start placing this on them. Um, what we're talking about more from a discipleship standpoint here, okay? So we're not really in an apologist standpoint where I'm like defending Christianity and trying to show flaws in others, uh, other other faiths. What, what I'm doing at the moment is, is we're just trying to grow in our own faith. Um, how do we put it into practice every day? And, and so we look at this and we say, okay, so, so especially in the New Testament, um, that, that we start to see uh, a, a lot of these, these references, God is Father. First John 3, 1, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Um, we've got to make sure that what we're doing is that we are actually crafting our beliefs about fatherhood from the way that God deals with us and not crafting our beliefs about fatherhood from the shortcomings that we will experience in this world. Because um, Paul David Tripp, I don't agree with everything that he says, um, but Paul David Tripp says a really cool thing where he talks about when you put sinners in close proximity to each other, 
there's going to be sin. I, I mean, you can put me in a room by myself for however long. There's going to be sin. You put us in proximity with one another. Of course, there's going to be sin. There's going to be heartache. There's going to be struggle. Now, when you do that and you do it with a, I, I'm, I'm going to use, I'm going to use my son, um, eight-year-old, almost nine-year-old boy, as he's kind of slowly becoming a pre-teenager, not quite a teenager yet. And, and there are days when I'm not sure he's ever going to make it to being a teenager. Um, but, but you know, you have me. I, I mean, there are moments when I come home and it's been a long day. I've, I've been stressed out at work or maybe things didn't go well or or I'm just tired. Maybe I didn't sleep well last night. I mean, let's face it. I mean, he's a he's an eight year, nine year old boy. He's got all the energy in the world. He's got his own unique sense of humor, <laughs> I guess we could say. I've got my own unique sense of humor too, but um, uh, you know, his, you, you gotta be, I guess you gotta be his mother to to find all of his jokes funny. Um, but but we, 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 there can be problems at times, right? Like I'm frustrated and he's wanting to show me the latest Fortnite dance that he's learned. Um, how often does that happen? And, and I mean, we can talk about that with all of our kiddos and, and especially, I guess, talking to, to fathers, especially at the moment, like that happens a lot, doesn't it? Where, where, where like all of a sudden, like we love our kids. I mean, love our kids to no end, but man, I'm, I am not interested in hearing about Fortnite right now, or I am, I am not interested in, in, in the latest whatever, or I'm, you know how, how this goes. And, and, and so we say something or we do something or we respond in some way and maybe we wound our kiddos because let's not let's not mince words here. I mean our kiddos look up to us kiddos in abusive relationships look up to people that that abuse them um and 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 seek their approval I mean that's counselors talk about this all the time um and so I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that that all relationships like this are abusive but I'm just saying that um I mean you know, I've wounded my son before because I say something. I try to be real cognizant of that, and I try to make sure that I go to him and apologize to him. One, because uh, I'm supposed to. Like, like I'm supposed to confess my sins. And so when, when I sin, it's going to be a sin against God. But also if my son is involved in that, I want to go and apologize to my son. But also I need my son and, and, and my daughter here too. I'm not trying to exclude my daughter, um, uh, but I, I will find – but right now just because of their ages, I, I, I go to my son because – at the moment, my son has far more um, uh, traits, I guess, that, that, that cause friction between us. Uh, I'm sure that as my daughter gets older and, and she's six, I'm sure that as she becomes a teenager, there'll be plenty of friction there. But we, I, that's why I go, I go to him and not just her, but, but I'll include both of them. The Part of the reason I go to my children, I apologize to them. And I don't just allow this hurt to hang out in the air. Um, is because I need them to understand that it's okay to admit when you're wrong and it's okay to go and apologize. Because a lot of times when, we, when they start seeing that in us, um, it helps to foster a sense of, of who, who they are and who they are in relation to other people. Because now, um, when there's a hurt, they can go to them and they can apologize. You don't do this weird thing where you just kind of ignore it until it goes away because what that does is that leaves things under the surface. Um, that's when we start trying to swallow our feelings that, that – in any way, I, I don't want this. This is not a counseling podcast. Um, but you see, we, we, we see that, that we don't – we want to make sure that we define our fatherhood relationships by what God does, by the fact that he is the God of all comfort, that he is the God of all mercy, that, um, that he is a loving father and a caring father, that he's also a father. I mean, we read it in, in Proverbs that he's a, he's a father who disciplines. He's a father who, who, who sets us on the straight path, on the correct path. Um, that we can choose to buck. We can choose to go the other way. And, and, and so 
we have to make sure that as fathers, one, that we are modeling ourselves after the Heavenly Father. See, and I think that's that's a big one, right? Um, is Now we're kind of talking about it from our perspective. I know I started this podcast by talking about it from the perspective of someone who, who did not have a great relationship with their father, so they don't understand calling God Father. They, it almost feels more harmful to them than not. Um, but once again, see, we can't take human traits and apply it to God because God is not just superhuman. Um, stick with me on this. Like, God is not just like us, but better. You know, he's not Superman where it's like, okay, he looks like a man. He talks like a man, you know. Um, but yeah, like bullets bounce off of him. God is completely different than we are. Like God is not body. God is spirit. Um, that, that, you know, we talk about made in his image. We don't look like God. Like there, there are traits that we have, the, 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 the trait to, to, uh, or the task to rule over the earth, to take dominion over the earth. Um, that, that's part of that, that, uh, crafted in God's image. Um, and, and so, but we, we have to make sure um, that that as we go through this, that we're actually not applying our traits to God, that he is different. And, and so we have to take God's traits and apply them to our relationships. We're always going to fall short on that. That's, that is sin. Like, that's what that is. Um, we're going to fall short on those relationships and, and the way in which that affects us and, and, and plays out. But if we do it that way, if we if we try and make sure that we look at the instances of God as Father. Now, not that I'm saying that you're trying to be God to someone else. That's a whole nother issue. Not trying to be God to someone else, but you're just trying to be a a, a kind and compassionate, but still um, a father that knows what is right and knows what is wrong, and is trying to direct his children in in right and wrong. Um, and, and and so that's when we really begin to. Um, to see this this relationship develop, where we we can now understand God as Father, not because not because we are applying a human term to God, um, but because we are applying we are applying what we what we see in God to our lives. And I, here's the deal: is I think this happens a lot. Um, you, you, we can talk about this in terms of one of the number one things. So so in the fitness world, one of the number one things that I hear from people who are a little bit unique. Um, and I say unique, I mean, I really mean unique. I mean, we're not talking about weird here. I mean, I got a big old beard. I wear a curly mustache. I mean, you know, unique though is that um, one of the reasons that they don't go to church, one of the reasons that they don't um, they don't attend church or they're not interested in, in faith anymore is because of other Christians. Now, here's the deal. There's two sides to this. One, man, my heart aches for them. Um, yeah, if, if they were hurt in some way, shape, or form by a Christian, like— one, I would hope that the, the, the Christian did their best to try to find a way to apologize to them if they were really at fault. I mean, you, you know how these things go. But, um, but, but two, I want to make sure that people understand, like, being in Christianity, yes, you're going to be around other Christians, but it is, you are in Christianity because you are in worship of God. Um, it, we aren't worshiping the people that are around us. Like, really, our lives are not based on the people around us. Trust me, I'm a minister. Like, I, you're going to get hurt by people in church. It's going to happen. Um, and, and in the same way that you'll get hurt by anybody, if you work at a business, you're going to get hurt by employees or employers or, or coworkers or by customers. I mean, anyway, anytime that we are surrounded with other people, we're going to get hurt by those people. Um, but in the same way that if, if I am an employee somewhere and uh, my, my coworker hurts me, I, I don't. In most cases, let me say this, in most cases, most people would not completely throw off that company and never do it again. 
um, that would never go there, would never. Eat. But in Christianity, it's exactly what we do. We get hurt by another Christian, and so now all of a sudden, what we do is we just we just cast off Christianity. We're like, well, well, if if they worship if they worship God, then then clearly I don't want to worship God. And it's like, well, the problem is though, is they're sinful and they're fallen as well. Um, that the the moment of your hurt may possibly be caused by their sin. And so now what we have is we have this situation where we are pushing God away, not because of anything that God has done, um, but because of a brokenness and a fallenness that we read about in Genesis 3, um, uh, that, that we read about in, in other parts of the Bible. I mean, we can see it throughout Romans, um, where where the, the brokenness and the fallenness of this world creates rifts and creates problems, um, but yet we attribute it to God. See, th- this is one of those this is one of those interesting things. That's one of those those interesting points to point out is that um, some people are hurt by Christians, and and yet you you go back and you say, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you were hurt by God. It means that you were hurt by a Christian. And we all admit that we're fallen. Like, you know, a lot of times this is where people will kind of point towards, oh, well, Christians always feel like they're better and blah, blah, blah. And here's the deal. It happens, unfortunately. Like, it's true. Like, I'm not going to sit here and deny it. Like, it does happen at times. Um, honestly, my next podcast is going to be on why is humility such a big deal in the Bible? Um, and, and and I'm going to record that in a couple of days and try and release that a little bit quick, too. But but we look at this and, and, and we say, you know, the deal, though, is that just because they did something— they very well could be wrong. That, that's why, one, that's why Scripture is so important. Um, and it's why it's important for us to, to, to be in Scripture. And it's why it's also important for us as um, young Christians, as budding Christians, to be, um, to be in a discipleship relationship with either a group of people or a person. So that way, when we maybe don't necessarily know Scripture well enough or all that well, um, when something happens, we can take it to this other person. We can discuss. That's why we create this community. Because what happens is then you create this community and you go and you discuss it. See, we've seen that in, in the fitness world lately. Um, the CrossFit world, with all of the upheaval that's going on in the CrossFit world, the CrossFit world is 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 sharing information now. And they're all going, wait a minute. Um, we've seen this and we've heard this and this is what we are desiring. Here's the thing. That's exactly what should be happening in the world of, of faith and in, in the church world is that we should be we should be getting together. And when something happens, when something happens that we view as 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 wrong or as incorrect or we just have a question, we go, you know, that doesn't sit right. We go and we take it and we take it to other people that have either more experience, maybe less experience. They have a different life experience. Um, they are in a different setting. But 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 we share this common bond in 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 the CrossFit world. The common bond is CrossFit. Uh, in the in the religious world, the common bond, or in, in the Christian Christian world, the, that common bond is Christ. Um, I've said it time and time again. In the same way in which uh, people walk into gyms, and the only thing that has brought them there is a desire for fitness, but everything else in their life might be completely different. It's the same way with church. Um, it is that Jesus Christ is the only thing that is the bonding and unifying thing across the entire church. Um, Churches should be diverse, and they should look very different in terms of and, – and, and keep in mind, I mean, I know what time I'm saying this right now. I mean, diverse, yes, in terms of, of, of uh, race, but, but, I mean, in terms of socioeconomic background, um, there – I mean, you shouldn't have a church that, that you know, there's, there's only – like the top one percent at um, that 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 doesn't actually signify what the church is, <laughs> um, and, and but but you know 
all of our backgrounds should be different. And, and so you, you get together and you have this community where it's so different, but yet they are unified by Christ. I mean, geez, Ephesians, go read Ephesians. I mean, I mean, you talk about the unity and the bond in Christ, the family in Christ. Um, and, and part of that comes from, so now we go here and, and we talk about um, being co-heirs in Christ. And so when we're co-heirs in Christ, now we are all unified with Christ. So and that's, that's Romans 8. Um, if I get into Romans 8, man, we're never going to get out of here. So I, <laughs> I'm going to try and leave it at that. Um, but we, we do this, and, 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 and now something happens, and we come alongside these people, and, and we say, you know, this didn't sit right. I'd like to talk about this, or hey, this happened to me today, or this happened the other day, or hey, this got said to me. And we can talk about this. We can flesh it out because, and, and I think, I, I'm very guilty of this, but I think a lot of people are like this, that when something happens, and especially when I or someone who I love, my wife, my kids, is directly involved, I have a hard time looking at all the angles. I have a hard time stepping back, taking a breath and viewing everything. I try and pride myself on being calm in the middle of these situations, but it doesn't always work. Um, being in a group allows us to do that in the same way that being in a fitness group. I mean, if you were to decide, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start eating, you know, 500 calories a day. Um, if you're in a genuine, honest fitness group, they'd look at you and go, man, that's a bad idea. Um, there are better ways to do this. It, it's the same thing with, with faith. They go, you know, um, I, I, as I look at this, I really don't think that I need to be reading my, my Bible. And, and this person tried to admonish me for this, but I really just think they're wrong. Well, the community can come to you and go, hey, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. That doesn't seem like a good idea. Let's talk about why you feel that way and let's look at some things. Um, but in the, same, in, in the other way, um, Instead of if, if someone says something to you that, that winds up actually being sinful, that winds up actually being harmful and hurtful to you, um, instead of just throwing the church off, what happens is you go to those people of faith and, and, and uh, not people of faith, I, I'm not trying to say people of the cloth, but you know, you, you go to those people that you have, you have joined with or that you know and, and you talk to them and they can be the ones that look at you and go, oh man, that's, that's unbiblical. Like they shouldn't have said that. Like, you, you know, and, and, and then you could begin to work through that hurt with them as opposed to just throwing it off altogether because so many misunderstandings and so many theological issues with people's mindsets happen exactly that way. It seems simple, but that's exactly how it happens. I continue to talk to more and more people about this. And, and so it, it puts it on a couple of different things. One, um, you know, it puts it, I think, on the church. Like, so here's the deal. Faithfully fit in my mind, has two purposes, okay? The first purpose is exactly what we're doing right now is discipleship. Um, most people who are going to listen to this podcast are, are, are listening to it because you understand the faith aspect of it. And, and so a podcast like this hopefully is to help build you up, help teach you how um, or, or, or continue to help train you, and not necessarily teach you, but continue to help train you in how to implement your faith in your everyday lives, how, how, how your faith can come through in more than just the walls of your church. Um, but the second one, in my mind, and, and at times this really takes precedence, especially when I go out and I compete and I get a chance to really interact with people who are not from Central Texas and who, who are not raised with the background that I have, um, is pastoral care. Now, the interesting thing is, is we talk about pastoral care, and a lot of times pastoral care, you know, you, you kind of think about it like going to the hospitals and, and those types of things, and that's absolutely what it is. Um, but more than just Christians need pastoral care. Like we need people speaking truth into our lives and 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 using faith to do that um now now i i can tell you this one of the one of the the, the coolest conversations that i've ever ever had happened at uh in saint cloud um saint cloud minnesota uh, at the granite games i got a chance to sit for like an hour and a half at 
a Chipotle and talked to a person who has now become one of the closest friends that I have. He lives all the way across the nation, but he's one of the closest friends that I have. Hour and a half. We have different views on faith, um, but we sat there for an hour and a half, had a wonderful conversation about it, and found common ground, um, talked about where we were different, talked about where we were similar. Um, I heard him out with things that, that bothered him. He heard, thing, he heard me out with things that bothered me. Um, it was amazing, and we really developed a relationship and a bond. I still call him for advice today. Um, and, and, and here's the deal. I mean, he's, he's not a, he's not a Christian. Um, but that, that, that doesn't mean that we don't have that, that bond developed. So, so I've created this friendship and, 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 and in my mind, that's pastoral care. Even if the dude never becomes a Christian, even if he never does, I've created a pastoral care relationship where if something, if I find out that something hurts him, man, I'm going to call him. I'm going to check on him. Um, he calls me and he checks on me. That's a deep, genuine friendship. Um, when, when I go to, to other competitions, man, I've had people, I'm not going to share anything here. I, 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 I would love to share specific things with you guys, um, to give examples, but also want to, trust i want them to i want people to understand that they can have confidence in me when they tell me things um but i mean i've been to other competitions where after a day of competing uh, and i get to know somebody then all of a sudden they start talking to me they find out that i'm a pastor and and they have a people have told me about horrendous backgrounds that they have in church and they do not go to church anymore because of some of these absolutely terrible awful things that have happened and then they begin to talk to me they begin to ask me faith-based questions and religious questions um, and say, man, it, it's so good to talk to you because I, I, I don't have anyone to ask these questions to. And I had, or, or I have people that have no background. They, they, they come from a, not a, I mean, maybe an atheistic background and not like a combative atheistic background, but a background that is just a, hey, you know, I, I don't believe in God. You know, I don't think there is one. But yet they can ask me questions. One of, uh, one of the cooler things, let me tell you this. So when I went to England, um, I still need to do like a recap episode of England. Um, it, it's been forever. Uh, but I went to England and got a chance to sit down and had a meal with several people that I had made friends with. And I and it was really cool because they were asking me some really difficult questions about faith and about church. And um, they didn't they didn't they don't share my beliefs, but they they, they were just curious. And so I got a chance over the course of an hour and a half to talk to people about some really amazing things um, that that are that are faith based. Um, now, did I did here's the deal? Did I walk out of there and and have converted half of England? No, absolutely not. Um, but. Did I maybe plant a seed? Did I create some relationships? Did I? Absolutely. Like, I, I'm not going to be the one. I'm not, I'm not in charge of people's heart changing. I'm in charge of loving on people. And if through that they get a chance to experience what the, the love that Christ has for them, the love that God has for them, the love that I've experienced through Christ, like, awesome. Awesome. Like, I, I think it's one of the big things is that we tend to take on so much because we feel like we've got to change people, and we don't. I'm a, I'm a pastor, and when I stand up there, it was immensely, immensely, immensely gratifying. The very first time, gratifying is not the right word, actually. Um, I, I don't know. It, just, it took a lot of weight and pressure on my shoulders. The very first time that I stood up and preached just an absolutely terrible sermon, terrible sermon, um, and had somebody come and accept Christ that day because I realized it's not on me. Like, I don't have to be funny and I don't have to be real eloquent for them to, to, to see what it is that I'm trying to say because I'm not the one doing it. Like, I'm not, I can't change someone's heart. Um, Facebook, Facebook arguments are the most ridiculous thing of all time. One, because they, they generally never come from a place of humility. But two, um, like, they're based on the fact that I can change your mind. Like, I can't. 
Uh, and, and so when we talk about faith, like I can't change your heart. I, I, in the same way that I can't make you fall in love with me, um, I can't make you fall in love with someone else. I can't make you decide that um, there is a God of the universe and that he should be worshipped and that you should worship him. Like, and, and that's a God thing, okay? And, and, and so that's a really cool moment. And, 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 and if I get a chance to do that, if, 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 if my relationship building with people gives me the opportunity to help someone in that, then awesome. But... I will first and foremost be the person that is is an example of love and is an example of um, example of, of Christ and and of what it is that uh, I've been called to do and, and, and so it's amazing that 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 nice little stream came from uh, uh, from my my concept of, of fatherhood um, but but we can kind of come back to it now okay so so now I want I want to bring it back around and and you see now why it's so important that we don't paint God in the light of earthly fathers, but we paint earthly fathers in the light of God. That we don't look at God and go, oh, well, you know, fathers have a tendency to do this or fathers have a tendency to do that. Because, yeah, and, and I think that happens in the fallenness. Um, that happens in sin and that happens in our separation from God. That Some of the most amazing moments that I've ever had with my son came in moments of kindness, of compassion, of humility, um, of genuine love, and honestly following discipline, um, because just trying to teach my son, trying to teach him, and, and at times that does that does require discipline. And one of the hardest things for me is to allow my son to experience the consequences of his actions. I think that's that's a lot of what we experience, and, and I think a lot of times people attribute um, negative things happening to God's will, when really what it is, I believe, is that it's it's you experiencing the consequences of your own action. Um, I, I, I try to avoid giving analogies. One, analogies always fall short. I have a, I have a friend that uh, we don't always agree with theologically, but um, he's a pastor, and, and um, he is right in the fact that analogies often fall far short. But also, as my college students have reminded me, um, my analogies also tend to get dark and usually involve car crashes and death and all this stuff. So um, just... Suffice it to say that, that consequences are a part of action, good consequences and bad consequences. Um, and, and so a lot of times we attribute, oh, this bad thing happened. Why, why on earth would God let that happen? Um, when really what is, is it's, an, it's a natural flow of consequences. And, and, and it's, it's the part about free will and the fact that we don't get free will only for the benefits, but, but get to choose something that is not right and then have it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I say, you know what I'm saying. I probably shouldn't. Um, I, that's a, a way to cut off what I'm, a way to cut off what I'm saying. But uh, we do. We suffer the consequences, and some of those are consequences that are immediate, and some of those are consequences that are consequences from just the fact that we have a, a fallen world. Um, you know, and I'm not going to start giving examples because because that'll just degrade into something I don't want it to. But um, but there it is. So Father's Day 2020. Um, I just had that on my mind this morning that weigh your concept of fatherhood on God, that earthly fathers fall short of God's concept of fatherhood, not the other way around. Earthly fathers have not set the bar at a standard that paints God negatively. Rather, we should see, one, we should have, we should have kindness and compassion on our earthly fathers um, as long as you are safe and as long as, you know, uh, nothing illegal is going on. You should have kindness and compassion and, and love them. Um, but 
also don't don't view them as the ultimate concept of fatherhood. I think we do this because we tend to do that with mothers, that, that, that mothers tend to be the ultimate concept of motherhood because there's not a godmother, despite what some cults say. Um, we're not going to go there right now. But, um, but so, so we can look at mothers, and we generally have, have that really good concept um, for most people. And I know not everyone has a great relationship with their mother or, or mothers or past or whatever. Um, but... Um, make sure that the concept of fatherhood comes from God and we apply that to fathers, that we apply that if you're a father, that you're applying that to yourself, that you're constantly evaluating. doesn't mean that you can be God, like I said, but it means that you're constantly evaluating uh, a lot of the characteristics that are described in scripture of, of God as father. Am I applying that to the way that I'm raising my own children? Um, because that's when we really start to live out our faith and live out our life. But uh, I don't want to ramble. Um, I, I have talked for long enough. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Our next podcast is going to be on humility. Why is humility such a large concept in Scripture, um, and why does it matter? So hope you'll hope you'll join us again. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, uh, they're doing some work next door. I'm, I'm hanging out outside, so I, I hope that every time this guy hits this, I don't know, a saw or a vacuum or whatever it is, I hope you're not hearing it. Um, uh, I'm, I'm trying not to get too distracted by it. So Thank you guys. Uh, I will talk to you soon. We, uh, uh, my shirts came in. If you if you did not see my shirts and my caps, and you're interested, hey, um, shoot me shoot me an email, uh, faithfullyfit1 at gmail.com. Would love to get you hooked up with some stuff. Um, just trying to raise a little bit of money to support a website um, and to support a couple other initiatives that are coming up. Uh, I'm putting the website together as we speak, so I'm really excited about this. Excited about maybe a mailing list, uh, doing some devotionals, putting some videos up. But uh, uh, anyway, I will say thank you for the fourth time, and I will say, hey, guys, until next time, stay faithfully fit.